Hi, I'm Kim LaPree from the Teachers Need Teachers podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hey, welcome back. Steve here. And today I'm talking with Nicole Rivera, the elementary principal at a very unique school in Miami, Florida called the Sentner Academy. Lots to learn today. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to share and subscribe. Enjoy. You are listening to Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, a podcast for educators, helping you help kids achieve their dreams. And now here's Steve with this week's show. Founded by serial entrepreneurs and philanthropists David and Leela Sintner, Sintner Academy is a multicultural language immersion school dedicated to cultivating happiness, emotional intelligence, mindfulness, and well-being in children. The curriculum is focused on a unique blend of diverse academic paradigms supported by key pillars, language mastery, leadership, character mindfulness, philanthropy, and life skills. At Sintner Academy, we're striving for every child to start school happy and excited for the rest of the year, said Leela Sintner, founder and CEO of Sintner Academy. A positive school climate and culture promotes students' ability to learn and succeed in life. Our goal is to transform the heart of education to ensure happy, confident, compassionate, mindful, empathic, and connected children through a more holistic approach to teaching that responds to social challenges. Nicole Rivera is the elementary school principal at Sentner Academy. She is passionate about embedding social-emotional learning throughout the curriculum at all grade levels. In addition to the academic skills all students need, Nicole recognized early on that the landscape of education would need to shift significantly to prepare students properly for their futures. In a world where many traditional jobs are becoming automated, emotional intelligence and soft skills are more important now than ever. Nicole saw this need and created her own business, the Academic Tutoring Program, to help students achieve academic success as well as confidence and emotional resilience. Nicole's expertise has empowered many students. Nicole holds a bachelor's degree in psychology with a specific focus on developmental psychology from Florida International University and is a business owner. The Sintner Academy, based in Miami, Florida, is the first happiness school in the U.S. It will implement a happiness and mindfulness curriculum for students in preschool to eighth grade. Nicole, thanks for joining me today and say hi to everyone. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me. Uh, Nicole, so let's start by talking about what makes Sentner Academy different from other schools. Yeah, so I would say that Sentner Academy sets, is, is different from other schools mainly because we don't just focus on the academic success of a child. We really look at the child holistically. We embed social emotional learning into each and every lesson. It's not a separate subject. It's really something that the teachers embed into math, language arts, science, and social studies. Mindfulness is a huge component of our school and our school culture. Our teachers embody this and have been trained thoroughly to be able to provide um, meaningful mindful, mindfulness experiences for the students when needed throughout the day. We're also an international school in, located in the heart of Miami. And so we have an incredible community of people from all walks of life, which really lends itself to a very unique school feel. Very cool. The, uh, in the opening, I, I included this about Sentner Academy. Sentner Academy is a multicultural language immersion school dedicated to cultivating happiness, emotional intelligence, mindfulness, and well-being in children, which you talked just a little bit about. Yeah. Could you talk about what it means to cultivate happiness? 
Yeah. So I think when we look at cultivating happiness, not only with the students, but as an organization as a whole, we really want to make sure that we're focusing on people's strengths, right? Because when people are focused on their strengths and able to shine, um, they feel fulfilled, they feel powerful, they feel empowered, they feel like they can help and inspire others. So as a school, we really spend a lot of time looking at what individual people's strengths are. We focus on that to be able to support and strengthen anybody's area of weakness or concern. And that's true for students as well as for other colleagues and teachers at the school. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. And just a note, it's kind of cool because I'm getting ready to talk about the facility and I am purpose did this question at this point because yeah. we're talking about happiness and the facility is nice and bright and cheerful looking. I mean, let's talk about the school facility. I, I've seen pictures of the classroom spaces and the building itself. It seems bright and colorful. I mean, the, the building itself is a nice bright blue. And uh, I was just, could you tell us about the facility? I mean, how was it designed? What thoughts went into the choices of furniture and such? Yeah. So I have to say, uh, Layla has been, um, a huge proponent of making sure that our spaces are thoughtfully designed and created to allow collaboration and movement among the classrooms. Um, we do, we are different from most schools. We're not a teacher centric school, we're a student centric school. So that model of the teacher being up at the front of the classroom, lecturing back to students is not something that we do. Our teachers constantly moving as well as our students um, there's a lot of tailored personalized attention. And so when we set up the classrooms, this was this was taken into consideration. Um, we wanted to make sure that we had spaces where kids could congregate as an entire whole group class, where they could congregate in pairs or in smaller groups of three or four. Um, and we don't have that teacher desk up at the front. The colors are really vibrant. Anybody who's been in, we have two campuses. We've got a preschool campus, and then we've got a first through eighth grade campuses. They're both um, probably within a mile of each other, I'd say. They're both absolutely beautiful, top of the line everything. State-of-the-art technology is also part of the classroom design. Um, so colors have been thought out. Furniture, seating, we have tables where students can stand if they feel that they work best that way. We have tables where they could sit. We have balancing boards. We have bands for the kids to fidget with if they're the types of students that need to move while thinking and learning. Um, so there's a lot of thought behind everything at the school. It's, 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 it's beautiful and there's a plan behind each and every single piece of furniture in that building, truly. Very cool. And it looks that way. That's why I was, that's why I was curious. Yeah. That's why I asked that question. Cause it was, uh, you know, I see a lot of furniture there and I was wondering if there was emphasis on, you know, could sit or stand and uh, that type that's of thing. That's right. That's the idea, and it's really, it's really a place where we want people to come in and feel the joy and the excitement, and I think the colors lend itself to that. We do have lots of bright colors, and you, you can't help but to just be excited when you see this. Something that's also really cool um, is that all of our walls are writable, so you can write on them with dry erase markers. Um, I have this in my office, and you have no idea. It's, it's thrilling. Like it, My walls are filled with notes and diagrams and ideas. And I'm super excited. And I know that our teachers and our students really love this feature too. That's cool. Now I could act. I enjoy that as a former teacher and, uh, and building principal. I would. In, it's in, tons uh, of fun and super, super effective for projects and learning and keeping things up and collaborating. It's, it's one of my favorite things about the building. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Let, you brought up teachers. Let's talk about the teaching staff. I mean, what are some of the expectations of someone who wants to be a teacher at the Sentinel Academy? I mean, do you have ongoing training for your teaching cadre? Yeah, so I would say that that's something that also sets our school apart is the amount of professional development and training that um, David and Layla uh, really 
want us to do as a school and myself as well as an educational leader i think it's super important teachers are hungry for information hungry to learn so if if you're going to join or you'd like to join the team here at center academy you have to be a lifelong learner um, you have to want to always continuously be improving so we did have uh five weeks of professional development before classes began this fall which is completely out of the norm for most schools, public and private. Um, and it was incredible. It was an incredible bonding experience. We learned about conscious discipline. We had trainings on um, all of the different project and problem-based learning approaches that we're implementing into the classroom, different curriculum material. It was, it was really a robust five weeks of professional development, which continues on throughout the year. So at every teacher workday, we do try to have continuous professional development. Um, a teacher at Center Academy definitely embodies mindfulness. This is something that they usually already practice or something that's a part of their daily life. So they're excited to do this at school. They, they already know the benefits of it. So they bring it into the classroom with a firsthand experience. Um, and creativity. We want people who are creative, people who think critically, people who are willing to question and analyze. Um, and all of these characteristics that we have in our teachers and, you know, import, the most important one I'd say is that they lead with heart, um, that everything that they do is out of pure love and passion for making our students, our student experience incredible as well as just a better world. We all want this um, and our teachers truly embody this like no other. Um, so there's a lot of, there are a lot of characteristics, but I have to say Center Academy teachers are quite special and unique. That's very cool. Very cool. The, uh, and training like that has got to really kind of connect them with each other, I would think. Absolutely. I mean, I have to say we had, um, at our five week training, we had anywhere between 50 and 60 staff members at a time. And it was really incredible to watch the relationships kind of develop and blossom. Uh, we had some teachers that had known each other for many years and many new teachers. And we truly, I, this sounds super cliche, but we are truly a family. Um, we communicate with each other probably more than we communicate with a lot of our own family members. And we enjoy going to work. We have so much fun. Um, it's, I think these types of trainings really do create a bond between a, a faculty and, you know, it's important. That's excellent. Yeah. That's so cool. I, I like that. That's, you know, and let's talk a little bit about since you mentioned a couple of times, uh, Center Academy's approach to learning. And in the official statement, this is stated, we believe that students learn best when using their minds to solve problems, create solutions, and collaborate with peers to make the world a better place. Curating authentic, fun, and purposeful learning experiences at the heart of what we do. So you've mentioned that just a little bit. Could you talk more about that and what it looks like? Yeah, so I think this is something that we spent a lot of our five weeks of our initial training program on is um, really creating lessons that all link up to the why. We feel that if a child understands why they're learning something or why it's connected to a real world experience, why do I need to learn this, they will be much more invested in the lesson. If they feel that they're solving a problem that is bigger than just a math problem and they understand that they are truly um, having to figure out the distance between getting, you know, supplies on earth to a rocket ship that may be in lower earth orbit and they have to figure out the distance and that's exciting to them. Understanding the why is a really big piece of the way we design our lessons at school. Um, our teachers do not use worksheets regularly. They really create experiences and the kids are learning through these experiences. So the why is a huge piece of our curriculum and our lesson planning and unit planning at school. Excellent. Excellent. The, 
it, it's so cool because the idea of making like you described like the figuring out the math if you have to do this and it's you know a little more real world type of problem instead of just doing something in a you know in a formula like sort of process um yeah it's, it's got to create a cool reaction from the kids it sure is and i think that once we get when a child is invested and they're really curious and excited to learn something it's much easier to teach them things obviously um and so not to say that kids don't i mean you can't work on all these wonderful projects if you don't know how to write read, write, and do math. At the end of the day, we all need to learn how to do that. But I think if we can do it in a way that really is, it's led by the way that the kids, like with what they're interested in, it's, it's interest-based on the students as well. And they're really making these connections as to why they're learning things and how they're going to be able to really solve real world problems. Um, the kids are definitely more invested and it takes, it's, they're engaged. And when they're engaged, the learning is really happening. And as an educator, you know that. Most definitely. I love that. And it's engaged, engaged kids is cool because they talk about, you know, they come up with alternative solutions. They, they talk about things that are just associated with it. And they, and they come up with, what's funny is a lot of times they come up with better ways of wording the problem (laughs) or something like that. That's (laughs) right. That's right. And when my, that's right. And you know, my teachers oftentimes they'll have a lesson objective and, you know, sometimes figuring out that why to, to different, you know, classroom lessons is difficult sometimes, really, as an educator, it's really difficult. And I always tell them, I'm like, listen, have a class discussion, sit down with your students. And when you start that class discussion, and they start to ask questions, and they start to think critically, and analyze these topics that you're bringing to the table, you will connect these dots. And oftentimes, the why is changed or it evolves throughout the lesson. And we have why walls in every class where the students add more reasons as to why this is important that they're learning it. So it's, again, back to that student-centered um, learning environment. I love that. that. That whole, why are we learning this? That's nice. Because that's... The why is huge at our school. That's very yeah. cool. They, uh, yeah, uh, we've talked, you, you've gotten into this just a little bit, but l- mm-hmm. let's focus a little bit more on the curriculum. And, and an explanation uh, about the curriculum says this, students are given projects that require them to use problem solving and critical thinking skills. This helps students create authentic learning experiences using our research-backed learning strategies across all subject areas. So let's go in a little more detail. What's this look like? Yeah, so we we definitely have, I would say, compared to most schools, an exorbitant amount of resources for our teachers to use um, in the classroom, digital resources, Um, training resources and tangible resources in the classroom. So our teachers really are, are really great at coming together as teams and coming up with projects for the classrooms, right? And this is difficult because it's hard to assess a child sometimes as a teacher through a project. So we have carefully thought out rubrics um, that measure all of the objectives and the standards that our students are learning. But the beauty and the art really goes with the connections of the cross-curricular instruction and the projects that are happening in the classroom. So we take best practices from multiple disciplines of education, multiple learning strategies and teaching strategies, and we implement them into the classroom. So not one lesson is ever replicated exactly the same way. It's all tailored. And again, we go back to that student-centric learning where when a teacher is designing a project and she's had this whole plan laid out if a child or a group of children decide to kind of veer it off and take it a different way they're able to do that and having so many curriculum resources available and this is one of the great things that the centers really um, are passionate about is providing us with absolutely anything and everything that we need um, 
the teachers are able to do these, these customized lessons, taking the best practices from, again, every single type of instructional strategy possible. Very cool. I hope that answered your question. It does. It's, it does. It's complex. Um, and there's not like one straight answer as there are in many schools. Like we use this particular curriculum because we don't necessarily do that. Like we really pull from, from so many different kinds of sources. Ah, it's cool. It's exciting. That's, uh, and that's, that's the answer I want to hear is that it's like, uh, you know, that it's not just some, you know, formulaic it's, process. It's not. And it's also not something that's experimental. It's, we, again, we use research-based best practices and we make sure that these are things um, that all go back to that uh, critical thinking type learning. We want our children to think critically. We don't want them to have just be memorizing things, um, you know, and having these rote memory type of experiences at school. We want things that they feel that they are a part of and that they can have input on as well. Excellent. I, I, I love that. That's, uh, uh, it, it's just, and, and so I got to tie this in with what I asked earlier, which is, so be, you know, having the teachers um, spend a lot of time learning and uh, having that professional development where they can work on their understanding of what's expected mm -hmm. of them. That definitely pays off. I can imagine. So. Yes, definitely. Our teachers are not, I would say they're not average teachers. These are teachers that are willing to take on challenges um, and see them as opportunities because what we're asking them to do is not an easy feat. Um, we are not a, we're not a, you know, a packaged, um, I would say like a packaged little standardized experience for a teacher we really do require um top tier super dedicated passionate teachers that that really embody this type of learning um, it's an art really what we're asking them to do we're asking them to connect all of these dots and provide these very complex projects that really engage every kind of learner um, so my hats off to our teachers they really are doing a great job and these these trainings definitely help for sure very cool. Very cool. So uh, something that seems to be emphasized is something called entrepreneurial thinking. Yeah. And uh, so what is entrepreneurial thinking? Yeah. So this is fun. Um, I think it's important to understand, obviously, going forward, uh, just in the kind of world that we live in, we're going to have a lot of our students who, who will be entrepreneurs. Um, many of the students in our families uh, families at school are entrepreneurs of, of local and international and businesses and national businesses as well. So I would say that our, our community really lends itself and is interested naturally in entrepreneurship. I have a group of fourth graders this week who, um, goodness, they've been selling slime and bracelets. And <laughs> I've told them, I'm like, there's no selling and exchange of real money at school. Um, but they are super passionate about it. They've got an inventory list and they've got an, you know, it's, it's pretty elaborate, I've got to say, for, it's, a, it's an entire market. So I've recently sat down with the teachers and I said, listen, your kids are interested in this and I don't want to shut it down. They cannot be exchanging money. I actually had a child who, um, a fourth grader, this past week I just learned that he charged his friend to help him, like an IT, it was literally IT work, um, to help him get something set up on his laptop at, in class and charge him $2 for this. And I said to him, I'm like, listen, I'm like, we can't, I, I get this. This is awesome. I'm like, but we cannot exchange real money in school. Nice. So we've got our fourth grade teachers who are putting together a marketplace and they're really, again, the children are interested in this. They are going to structure an entire unit around this and they're going to be learning about 
business plans and inventory and purchasing and profit margins and all of these these things so we we do encourage our students to have this entrepreneurial spirit um, our eighth graders do have a store as well we're actually extending that through our entire middle school they have a school store and they have to keep track of budgets and they've got to open bank accounts and they've got to see what it takes and what's selling, what's not selling. Um, what do we have to put on sale to get rid of this merchandise to be able to purchase more? So our school itself is really, I think this is an area where we're, we have more room to grow and develop a more formal program, but it's something that is, is evident even in our younger classes, even through the preschool, we want kids to really take initiative and, and, and if they feel that they've got an idea, we we're going to help them to really make it see through through a process of of it kind of I guess engaging in that entrepreneurial spirit and seeing where it can go and supporting them in that very cool I love that and I can see the issues and I, I was a uh, for a long time I was a former high school principal and <laughs> and you know high school kids if they, they would be running with this too and uh, you know yeah. you could you get to see it but you're you're dealing with elementary school kids which is even even cooler about it so yeah. uh, so we we're we're going to channel this we're still going to have a store they're still going to be able to sell their products but we'll be using um you know fake money and it'll be controlled in the classroom and they'll have a marketplace and a stand and the whole deal but we won't be exchanging real money at school <laughs> i love that i love yeah. that that's yeah. especially the, the young guy charging for his it services <laughs> that yeah i use something else that's that's just I love it. Um, something that you guys talk about is movement to optimize healthy brain development. Can you take us through that just a little bit? What that looks like and uh, yeah. So we have an incredible brain program at our school. I don't know any other school that that has this. Um, and so our brain program is headed by Jimena Hills, and she's a recreational therapist. Um, and she starts to work with children in the preschool level, identifying. Um, through physical exercise and through different movements that she's designed, she starts to identify maybe areas that really could be improved, um, I would say, with their physical movement that may be tied into the classroom, right? So if a student is having difficult, uh, difficulty with a tennis racket and hitting a, t a tennis ball and moving his arm across his body, and again, I'm not a recreational therapist, so I'm explaining this best way I know how, but I've seen where she identifies that there's an issue or concern with this kind of movement outside and how that can be translated into the classroom. And so if a child is having difficulty with these kinds of movements, are they having difficulty copying things and moving their hands across the desk as they copy things from the board or whatever it may be? So really strengthening the brain. Um, through movement, through exercise, through nutrition is something that starts in our preschool and also is now something that is part of in our elementary school, our physical education program. So different than any other physical education program, ours is really designed with these brain strengthening movements. Um, and the kids get this every single day. So it's embedded into their everyday uh, instruction and it's in fun ways that they don't even realize they're doing. Um, so brain science, brain health, brain nutrition, like the nutrition and the physical exercises is, is a huge part of our brain program at school. Um, and I've seen kids really, really who were struggling in the beginning be parts of these programs and succeed in such short amount of time. Um, it's, it's incredible. That's cool. So, so I got to ask this because I, I hear all these cool things going on here. And so if you could spend all your day on just this part, what would you prefer to spend all your day on? What was something you really like? 
On which part? You mean like in in school as a whole, like in any one of our programs? Yes. Yes. Hmm. So I have to say that's a that's a very tough question because we have a lot going on. It's insane how much we have going on when we really sit and think about it. Um, I would say that for me personally, I, I like physical exercise and I like sports and I'm really into nutrition. So for me, it would probably be outside as part of that program. Our coaches that um, that implement this are incredible people. And for me, it'd be super exciting to get to spend a whole day really as a part of that, of the, of the brain program. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, would you like to talk a little bit about the, you know, we've had this, this is the year of the virus and we've had this virus and reopening and all that sort of stuff. Would you like to talk anything about how it's gone for you guys? What's going on? It's been a fun one. I can say that. Uh, um, no, I think again, and I, I do meet with other educational leaders from schools across the nation and we've had many webinars and conferences and I mean, it's, it goes without saying this has been an extremely challenging year um, as a school leader and dealing with the coronavirus and the implications that it has at a school. Um, it's been challenging and I think we are taking it a day at a time. Our school is doing really well. We're taking tons of precautions um, in the sense of we have UV lights and air filtration systems in place that are sanitizing the air constantly. We've hired additional cleaning staff and cleaning crew. Um, our communication with parents whenever we've had a situation has been super, um, I would say, efficient and really quickly and we've taken action every time. So as a school, I think we're doing a great job, not to say that it's not challenging, um, but we're, we're doing what we can. We're doing the best we can with it. Excellent. And that's, that's all that can be asked too. That's uh, sure. very much so. Yeah. I, you know, it's uh, one of the things I got I to gotta ask. So you guys are located in, in Miami, Florida. Um, have the Sentinels thought about other places? Is this so this would probably be a direct question to ask Layla, Layla and or David, um, but I would say yes. I think they're big picture kind of people. I think that they want to make an impact on the world like the rest of us who are really a part of this team. We're not just looking at our school um, individually, but we want our mission and our vision to be felt and seen throughout the world. I think every child deserves an education like this. Um, and so I would... I would imagine that, yes, there are plans to expand Center Academy um, definitely throughout, you know, the rest of the nation. And if not the world, I, I definitely see that coming. Very cool. Very, Very cool. exciting. And I, and I pre appreciate you taking a stab at that. I know that you're trying to read their minds, but that I think that's that I thought you might have a, yeah. a thought about that. So Yeah, I, I definitely think so. Um, I mean, again, I know them and I know that everything they do, they do it well. They do it big. Um so it's safe to say that you'll see Center Academy in many, many places to come. Very cool. So, Nicole, before we go, if, if someone wanted to connect further with you or learn more about Center Academy, where would you send them? Where's the, that best place to start? Yeah, sure. So I guess the best place to, to connect with me would be via email, and that's a really simple email, and that's Nicole, N-I-C-O-L-E, at SentnerAcademy.com. Um, and that's probably the best way to connect with me. Very cool. So I'll make sure that's in the show notes and, uh, and a awesome informative website, by the way, that, uh, you know, to anybody listening, 
show you good pictures of the school and everything else yeah. as well as talk about what's going on there. Uh, so Nicole, I have a couple last questions that are just questions sure. I like to ask my guests and, I, yeah. and we'll finish up here. Uh, the first one is this, when life gets tough and you start getting so much stuff thrown at you that you may want to quit, how do you keep going? That's a great question. And I think if you talk to many leaders of schools at this time, that's probably something that's probably run through their head at one moment or another with everything that we're facing. Um, but I really like to look at every challenge as an opportunity to learn. I embrace change. Um, this is also something that we really, really want our students to know and understand is that change is going to happen. There will be difficult moments. And in my mind, they're temporary. I know that they will come to an end. Um, and so I really just try to, to focus on that. I try to focus on the solution and know that at some point we will overcome it. I will learn something from it and we will move on. And again, something may pop up, but I'll take that same approach. It's, it's temporary. Excellent. Thank you for your advice. That's, you know, there's so many things and I, I think it's just something to, it's great to hear um, how other people deal with stuff like that. So appreciate it. And the last question goes like this. Do you have a teacher in your past who made a difference in your life? If so, who was it? And what would you say if given the chance to say thank you? Absolutely. I, for me as an educator, I knew I wanted to be a teacher since I was a, a young child. Um, and it really, really kind of hit home. And I, I feel like I knew for sure in third grade, my third grade teacher was Miss Gould. I remember her perfectly. Um, she made such an impact on my life. And I think it was really because, I mean, I could vividly remember the projects that I did in her class. I can remember my presentation on the beaver and the beaver dam that I created. I remember researching Denmark and just everything that went into it. She made learning so meaningful for me. Um, and for me to be able to remember these details at, you know, at 37 years old, um, she made a huge impact on me and my life. And so if I, if she's listening, if she ever is, I'm not even sure where she is at this point, but Miss Gould for me is someone I speak of regularly she's an incredible inspiration for me that's awesome thank you so much for sharing uh, nicole i can't thank you enough for talking with me today sentinel academy sounds like a wonderful school and venture and place to be and and i wish you the best in all that you do and have a wonderful rest of the school year thank you you too and one more thing i just did forget if anyone wants to learn more about center academy we do have center academy available on instagram um, we have wonderful pictures and stories to share there as well excellent i'll make sure that's in the show notes too so good thank stuff you. Great. Nice to meet you. Have a great day. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is excited to be a member of Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio, your voice is right here. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. The opinions expressed on Teaching Learning Leading K-12 are those of the guests and hosts. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is intended to share ideas, advice, and suggestions for classroom teachers and school administrators. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is produced for educational purposes. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll share it with your friends.